Supreme Court has blocked a controversial social media law in Texas from taking effect. The court's 5-4 to four decision is a boon for tech companies who've been battling content moderation laws that would change how they fundamentally do business. Meanwhile, Twitter Files 3.0 is out. And this one details on how the former U.S. President Donald Trump was deplatformed from Twitter. Within the last year or so, we've seen multiple influencers and celebrities with large platforms being banned from social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook because of various acts or things that they've said. With free speech rights, users' huge followings, along with each platform's terms and conditions, it gets confusing whether or not social media companies are in the right to ban these users. Welcome back to To Ban or Not To Ban, the social media scandal. We are your hosts, Sadiksha, AJ, and Prasha. Today on our first episode, we'll be discussing social media limitations, regulations, and censorship. In our podcast, we will delve into the question, should social media platforms be allowed to implement restrictions on their users, and would these restrictions ultimately help or harm the users? Keep listening as we discuss these questions with various perspectives. Andrew Tate. You probably have heard of him, for not the right reasons. Some child is outside enjoying their life, playing with toys and smiling in the sunshine and having fun. I hate happiness. I hate happy children. Anyway, you're all losers. We've, we've discussed this before. I'm the king of the world. Andrew Tate is probably the greatest example we can bring up of an influencer who has used his platform to spread a controversial message to a massive audience. Before Tate's accounts were deleted, he had about 4.6 million followers on Instagram and more than 700,000 followers on YouTube, and his videos on TikTok had millions of views. People have varying opinions on whether his ban was justified. Two members of our school's faculty offered their perspectives. Introducing Ms. McCourt. My name is Jennifer McCourt, and I teach AP Government at Dublin High School. As a history teacher, Mrs. McCourt offers a unique view on the legal aspect of social media regulations. We're talking about civil liberties, and one of those being free speech and freedom of the press. And uh, so when I talk about it with my students, I like to highlight that the First Amendment protections are related to the government infringing upon one's right to say and produce and print their opinions and feelings, etc. Um, but when it comes to social media and even our news outlets, um, you know, they are a business and they have the ability to set their user guidelines and they have the ability to censor people who are, are promoting or publishing information that they may find hurtful, hateful, inappropriate. Um, you know, we've got all the drama over fake news right now. And so they're within their right as a business to not help facilitate the spreading of that information. The person may still be allowed to create content and find their own way to disseminate it. But terms like Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, they don't have to be forced to air it if they feel it violates their policies. 
So far, Ms. McCourt shares many insights about the legal side and neutral aspect around the issue of social media regulation. She then goes on to explain more about the real-life implications about the issues she previously discussed. I, it's a slippery slope. If you start trying to make the government regulate it, um, then we start encroaching a little bit on speech rights. So I'm not sure that the government needs to be more involved, um, with the exception of anything that would pertain to violence. Mm-hmm. Violence, hate crimes, um, you know, the things like we saw on January 6th, you know, where any of the kind of evidence that they have from social media about that, I feel like that should be able to be used against individuals who planned it because they were actively planning to do something that was hurtful, harmful, or violent and not necessarily just sharing their opinion about something. Lastly, we asked Ms. McCourt to share her opinion on whether or not social media does more harm than good, and she responded in a pretty neutral way. Um, you know, on, oof, I don't know that I could decide. I mean, I, I think that there are some great uses for it. Like there is so much access to information out there um, and creative content and just connecting with people from all over the world. So that I think is amazing. But then I look at how quickly misinformation, hurtful information can also be spread on those platforms to everyone in the world quickly. And that I think is negative. I mean, So that settles the argument of whether social media platforms actually have the right to deplatform their users. But what effect has this had on users? Mr. Meyer, as someone who uses the internet very often, offers some insight. I'm Chris Meyer. I am a digital media arts teacher, and I am someone who would describe themselves as terminally online. When we asked Mr. Meyer about his stance on the whole issue around social media regulation, here's what he had to say. But when you have these platforms that are disseminating this content, you have no right to use their platform. It's the same as when you walk into a restaurant and they have the sign that says no shoes, no shirt, no service. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing if you go out and say, I like Hitler, people will probably not want you to continue to be on uh, their platform. So I think it's totally legitimate that people lose their ability to traffic their ideas and share their speech on platforms based on how they choose to speak on those platforms. He also gave his opinion on the whole Andrew Tate situation that we discussed earlier in the podcast. Andrew Tate may no longer be on the platform, but their ideas are still circulating in the ecosystem through other smaller creators in a more disparate fashion. Um, And that just leads to how hard it is to really moderate in these spaces because it's such a a amount of resources and man hours it takes to look through all of this stuff. And then it comes down to just a matter of, is this far enough past our terms of service that we actually need to take action? And then it also bleeds into the whole idea of like the Streisand effect of when you point out these people, you, by, by, banning them, you do give them some sort of inherent spotlight for people who might be sympathetic or might even be mildly influenced by some things that they have heard. And so they might be led to look at this person because they might hear from other people, oh, they're being, uh, they're, they're being unfairly persecuted, you know, for their ideas or what. Being super involved with social media and having an overall internet awareness has made Mr. Meyer a great holistic perspective 
from an actual media user. But later, he dives deeper into his own experiences where the lack of social media regulation actually affected him. Whatever. So one interaction I had was uh, someone I, I barely knew and like never interacted with in high school posted some blatantly like transphobic dog whistling about a, a drag story time, which we saw just this last weekend. And, you know, I just saw this blatant dog whistling from someone who was really, as I know, not very bright in high school, and I have no reason to believe that they've since become more learned. So when I see that, I saw that, and I was like, hey, and I commented on this, and I was like, hey, uh, this is like blatant dog whistling. If you look at this page, they like you can see multiple things where they represented things that are not true. Like, you should really be careful with this. And they like basically were like, nah, you're a clown. And then they had other people, people I didn't know, comment on and be like nah you're a clown you you want to support like pedophilia and like all of this stuff and i was just like i'm good i'm good on this like i don't really need to interact with these people um so a, a lot of those uh platforms i feel like are pretty open to the fact that people get to just say say what they think not what they or what say what they want to believe based on facts that they choose to believe not what they know and can base on, you know, facts and research. So that settles the argument of whether social media platforms actually have the right to deplatform their users. But what effect has, but what effect has this had on users? Mr. Meyer, as someone who uses the internet very often, offers some insight. His experience isn't representative of all users. It shows how social media has created a space where people are free to post information that isn't always accurate or appropriate. Okay, so now we've heard from historian and user. But what about founders of these platforms? When creating social media sites, founders have very specific intentions and goals to better the user experience. To discover these, we talked to Hitesh Parashar. He starts off by giving a bit of background about himself. I built one of the most popular video chat applications on Facebook called WeChatter uh, that grew to millions of users before Facebook built their own video chat solutions. And prior to that, I built social and user-generated content, which is called UGC products, uh, like reviews and ratings at travel agency Expedia. With a lot of background knowledge about social media platforms working in the tech industry for so long, you can say that he has a good idea about the issue around social media restrictions. He gives his perspective on the issue from the side of a creator. Social media platforms, you know, they provide a very powerful thing, uh, which is exponential growth and uh, virality of any type of content, uh, you know, good or bad. Uh, when something gets traction, it can explode in popularity very, very quickly. And uh, you know, this speed and, and this reach present some unique challenges for the builders of these platforms like me. He then continues to talk about the story about how he founded VChatter and its issues in the early stages due to the problem around social media restricting. When VChatter initially caught some momentum, uh, we grew to tens of thousands of users within a few weeks. We did that without much toolset created to support community guidelines and moderation. 
So uh, human nature, particularly the, the bad parts, get specifically amplified uh, when given a voice online. Within the initial few days of our initial growth spurt, we ran into some really troubling content on the platform, uh, including violence, threats, and user safety. Uh, my co-founder, uh, Will Bunker, uh, comes from a, a very deep uh, consumer internet background uh, as he founded uh, what became uh, Match.com. Will, he understood the issues uh, we can run into uh, with uh, no to minimal community guidelines. So the day we saw those troubling signs, I immediately called Will and, and we decided to take a pause and, and focus on building our moderation toolset uh, that can enforce these basic uh, user safety rules. Finally, Hitesh gives some of his opinions around the current issues revolving social media restricting. Fast forward to today, we are debating freedom of speech and moderation uh, at Twitter. Uh, as Elon Musk says, users on Twitter have freedom of speech, but not uh, freedom of reach. Uh, you can say uh, what you want, uh, but uh, if it is not amplified and if it is not shown to users in search results and, and uh, with the distribution algorithm, then uh, it does not affect users. In summary, content moderation and freedom of speech are complex topics. These are really, these are critical for the future of our civilization. Uh, I'm, I'm happy as a builder of early versions of these frameworks to see uh, the debate happening. And, and this will uh, most likely result in uh, new sets of rules uh, within these uh, private entities and, and regulations and guidelines from government agencies like FTC, uh, which is Federal Trade Commission. As teens, we find ourselves constantly affected by social media. It influences our ideals, our opinions, and the way we see the world. Today, we saw how the media affects everybody in different ways. In our podcast today, we talked about personal responsibility and how the individual decisions we make on social media determine whether we can stay on a platform or be banned from it. We also got a glimpse into a real-life situation where the lack of social media restrictions was detrimental. Influencers have a stage to show off their opinions and share exactly what they think. And sometimes, what they say or support encourages followers to do so or believe the same, whether it was right or wrong. Today we answered the question of whether removing a user's account ultimately leads to help or to harm. Tune into our next episode into a further analysis on this topic. 